Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today, we're going to be interviewing Catherine W. How are you today, Catherine? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to have our interview. We were just getting to know each other a little bit, so let everyone else get to know you. Tell us about growing up, your childhood. So my childhood, I had a brother. Um, I still have a brother. Um, he's 37, 38. Um, I have a sister who lives in Zurich, Switzerland. Um, so I didn't really have her in my life. Um, my parents were divorced. Why, why, why was your sister growing up in Zurich? She was put up for adoption at birth. Okay. And your parents, I guess, eventually told you about her? How did you find out? Yeah, my so my mom had told me about her, and we met her when I was about 12 or 13 okay. um, for the first time. What was it like growing up? How was the household? Did you have two parents at the same time, or were they divorced? My parents were divorced, so my mom had my brother, and then they were living together for a while, and they had me, or they had my sister, and then they had me. My parents got divorced when I was two. Um, I was taken away from my parents from two to five. How come? Um, there was some issues with the family where my grandma wanted to get a custody of me. And so I was taken away from my parents at two. Why and did your grandmother want custody? That I don't know, honestly. Did your parents have addiction issues or anything? No. How'd they treat you? From what I remember, they were okay. Just okay? Yeah. Anything bad you remember? As I got older, I remember some abuse. What kind of abuse? Physical abuse. Tell us a little bit more about that. Was there a reason for it? Was it because they were angry or were you acting up I mean no matter what you didn't deserve it but just trying to dig a little deeper there yeah um I'm not too sure I know that I ran away a lot um my mom and stepdad kind of didn't like that so they ended up sending me to a rehab for youth rehab for running away yeah what what was it like um what do you call it juvenile boarding schools Say one more time. Boarding schools. Boarding schools. Yeah. How is it like there? Um, the first one I didn't really like. I ran away a lot from there. It was in Hollywood. California, I'm assuming. Yeah. What didn't you like about it? I just didn't like being locked up and in a situation where I didn't know other people. There was other people there that I didn't like. Um, I just, I was running away because I didn't want to be at home. I didn't want to be there. When you would run away, where would you go? Um, I went to one of my grandma's friend's house, Mickey. That's a lot of the places where I went. I would run to her house. And then there was a couple of times where the police would show up and they'd ask if I was there and she'd say no. But of course I was. 
So were you, what were you running from the physical abuse? Yeah. And once you were in school, what were you running from there? You say, I guess you just didn't like it and you would go to your friend's house. Yeah. I just didn't like it there. Um, I don't know why I just never liked it there. And then I ended up going to three different rehabs or three different boarding schools. One was in Utah, um, in Loa, Utah. And it was an awesome place. But of course, I didn't like it because I was a kid and didn't want to be locked down. It was a farm. But I just didn't like it. And so I kept running away. And then they finally sent me to my third boarding school, which was called Provo Canyon School. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. No. Yeah, Provo Canyon School was a lockdown facility. So you didn't leave the property. They had locks on every door. Um, and I spent about three years there. You keep calling them rehabs. Was it for drug addiction, this school or anything like that? No, and that's the thing is I never really had drug issues until I turned 18. I was mostly running away, self-harm, just not not wanting to be at home because of the abuse that I dealt with. But I never got into drugs until I turned 18. How are you self-harming? I was cutting myself. Was it easy to hide? No. So people saw it. Did anyone ever say anything to you? No, I was homeschooled. So, so I never really got that school environment. And then in the rehabs, they didn't really care. Let me, but if it was noticeable, your parents never saw it and asked you what's going on here? No. Is it they didn't see it or they didn't care? They, I don't think they cared. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. And when you say they didn't care at school, what do you mean? Did anybody notice there? Yeah, they noticed. They would just put me on what's called investment, which is Can basically you what that is. Investment is basically when you're doing bad and it's more of like a secure facility, not facility, but secured um, unit. So that you basically had a bedtime, you had to sleep in the halls if you were self-harming, you got locked up in like an isolation room, and I got locked in those rooms a lot growing up. Looking back, do you think they were doing the right thing trying to protect you? Looking back, I think they were. So during this entire time, you were just self-harming and then eventually you said it when it was 18 when you got into drugs? Yeah, I turned 18 and I got into meth for the first time um, and had some bouts with meth and then some weed. And then um, it got really bad when I turned 23, 24, maybe even 22. I know I drank a lot when I was 21. Well, let me ask you this. When you first, just going back a little bit, when you first started drinking at 18, or what, what did you do for the first time? It was meth? Yeah. 
Who'd you use with? The homeless people in Hollywood. Tell us how that happened. Well, I was homeless, um, staying in a youth shelter, and... Why were you homeless? I thought you were in boarding school. I was in boarding school until I turned 18, and then when I turned 18, I aged out. And your parents wouldn't take you back? They did, but then they kicked me out. Did they know that you were going to be, end up being in the homeless shelter? I think they did. You've never spoken to them about that? Not really. I don't talk to them about my childhood or about my adolescence. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. Tell me, how did you meet these homeless people? Because, you know, that's still pretty young at 18 uh, were you? How long were you living on the streets for? I guess that should be my first question. Um, I was living on the streets for probably a year, year and a half. And you were 18 years old, 19 years old? Yeah. What is it called? What's that? Um, were you on Skid Row? I think that's the one of the bad ones. No, I wasn't on Skid Row until later. I was staying in Hollywood in a youth shelter called Covenant House. I think I've heard of those. Yeah, they have a couple different locations. They have one in Alaska. They have one in California. And then I don't know where their other locations are, but I know in California and Alaska, I've been to both of those. You ended up in rehab in Alaska. So not rehab. I ended up homeless. Me and this girl who I met at the homeless shelter in Hollywood, my grandma ended up paying for a flight for us to go to Alaska. And our plan was to be homeless in Alaska. And we basically um, went out to the shelter out there and got kicked out of there. Why did you want to move to Alaska? What was what was the draw there? Um, new. It was change. I that's, thought that's that's a very random place. There was, you know, what I mean, that's a far way to go. Did you have any family there or something that drew you to it? Because I had a friend that was in the homeless shelter with me that I was close with, and she's from Alaska. And so we decided to go out there together and be homeless. (laughs) It was kind of stupid looking back at it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the smartest of plans. No. (laughs) We ended up getting kicked out for smoking cigarettes in the room. Where did you go once you got kicked out? Um, We went to a hotel. My grandma paid for a hotel for us for a couple days. And then... There was just some situations where they were smoking weed around a baby and I didn't like it. Because when I was getting high from the this weed and I wasn't even smoking it, I was like, the baby's getting high. Like, we can't be doing this. And they got mad at me and kicked me out. So my grandma flew me to Utah. Who's they? The girl that I moved in with that in I went hotel. to Alaska with. Okay. Haley. So she was smoking around a baby and you didn't like it. Yeah. And she got mad because I got mad at her for doing that. And then she kicked you out. 
Yeah. So where'd you go after that? I went to Utah, actually. I went back to Utah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You said that your grandmother gave you a flight. Does your grandmother yeah. live in Utah? No, my grandma lives in California. Why did they send you to Utah? Um, because I wanted to become more independent and I wanted to go out there because I knew Utah. How'd you and know Utah if you're from California? Because I was in Utah in rehab, three different rehab, two different rehabs out there. And so I had a lot of friends out there. So I decided to go back to Utah and I became a nanny. That's good. You got a job. So during this whole time, while you're in California, traveling to Alaska, then traveling to Utah, were you using drugs? Yeah, I was using meth. Where would you get it from? I mean, because when you travel, I would assume it's hard to get it on the road. Yeah, Haley knew some connections out there as well. So I would get it from her. So what did you do once you got back to Utah? You went to a boarding school? No, I actually went and became a nanny, kind of got clean for a little bit. Um, and then what, I ended what do you up, mean? What do you mean kind of got clean? Like I was still drinking here and there, but I wasn't using any hard drugs. I wasn't doing anything bad. I was just drinking. Um, How often would you drink? Probably every other week. All right, so not too bad. No. Did you find it hard to control? Yeah. How were you able to only do it every two weeks? Because I was living with a family. I was a living nanny and could, couldn't do it. But there was a time where they went out of town. And I remember meeting some guy on Craigslist back when they had personal ads. And um, ended up getting three-fourths of a bottle of vodka from him, or a whole bottle of vodka. Had him bring it to me, because I was only 19, 20 at the time. And they were out of town. And so I had him come over, bring me a bottle of vodka. I drank three-fourths of a bottle of vodka in about half an hour. And ever since then, I can't really drink alcohol. Why do you think that is? Because I didn't like the way that it made me feel. How did it make you feel? What didn't you like about it? Just getting shit-faced. Ended up walking across the street and going to a church neighbor's house. And somehow my glasses ended up across her living room. I was drunk in her house. um, Threw up in her car. It was just, it was a bad situation. And so ever since then, I kind of stay away from alcohol. But my main issue is meth. So you're able to control the alcohol, but you can't control the meth? Yes. How often would you be using meth? It was daily. How often, how many times a day were you doing it? Was it like an all-day affair? Yeah. And you made enough money from babysitting or being a nanny to pay for this? No. So I actually used to sleep around a lot. That's I was going to say I, a lot of times, unfortunately, that's the uh, the truth. 
Yeah, that's the truth. I I would sleep around a lot and make money off of that. And did that up until probably two or three years ago when I got arrested. So you were unfortunately prostituting yourself to get drugs? Yeah. Was that scary? Were you sleeping with strangers that you just yeah. met on the internet and stuff? Mm-hmm. What did it, how did it make you feel when you had to go do that? It didn't make me feel very good, but at the same time, it was money. To me, it was easy money. How many times a day would you do that? Like, how many customers would you have? Probably two to three. And how much was your... How much were you making and how much was your daily habit cost you? Um, I would make probably two to 300 each time. Um, and my habit was probably a hundred dollars a day at least. So if you were making that money, why did you, why were you homeless? It sounds like you might've had enough money to get yourself an apartment. Because I never wanted to have an apartment I would always just rent a room when I finally stopped being a nanny I just rented rooms and hid my habit from people and then when I finally did get my own apartment my mom helped me get my own apartment and that's when things turned really bad I was doing meth every day I was not going to work because I was working full-time at a call center and um and I just I had a leave of absence my therapist gave me a leave of absence so I could take every day off of the week she gave me five days a week that I could call into work and not get fired so what eventually happened with the apartment the apartment, I ended up losing it. Um, I gave my dogs up temporarily because I had three dogs. Um, and so I ended up giving up my apartment because I couldn't afford it. Um, I ended up going to rehab in Texas. Um, by this time, I was probably 23, 24. So I went to rehab in Texas. Why Texas. I thought the change of pace would do me good. And so I went to Texas. I found a really nice rehab in Texas that my insurance covered. And so my insurance covered the flight, my insurance covered the rehab. And because I was still technically employed, even though I was on a leave of absence, I was still technically employed. So I had insurance. And so I went to Texas on this leave of absence and ended up getting kicked out of there for self-harming again because I was still self-harming at this point. Um, And then I got kicked out of there, went to Florida. No, I went to a sober living in Texas. From So from the rehab, I went to a sober living. I was there for a little bit um, 
and then got one of my dogs sent out because she's my service dog. And this rehab allows dogs. And then I ended up getting kicked out of the sober living for using. Um, went to another rehab in Florida. How do you then, keep you keep ending out of state? How, why do you keep moving at, from state to state? Just thinking that like the change of pace is going to change my situation, but it never did. So what happens after you keep getting kicked out of these places? What, what was the last place you got kicked out of? Um, the last place I got kicked out of was a sober living in Florida. Did you end up on the streets there? What happened when you got kicked out? No. So it ended, it turned up that the owner of the sober living was actually doing drugs. She was doing heroin. And so her parents ended up shutting down the sober living. There was only me and another girl living there at the time. And we found out that she was doing drugs. And so she got sent away for rehab and her parents came and kicked us out. And from there, I ended up going back to Missouri. I had a friend that lived in Missouri. And so I kind of made my way back to California thinking, okay, well, if I change my situation again, it'll stop me doing the drugs. And so I ended up going back to Missouri, stayed away from the drugs for a couple weeks. I would drink there. It was over New Year's. So I drank. And then I went to Vegas from Missouri, stayed there for like two weeks. My dog caused an issue. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of that house and went back home to California to my mom's. Ended up getting back into the meth, hardcore this time. I was ended up slamming it and stuff like that. And Wait, slamming it meaning through the vein. Yeah, doing it with a needle. Gotcha. Um, and so by this point, I was slamming it, and um, and so my mom just didn't want me around. If if I was using drugs, she didn't want me around. So I packed up my stuff and she dropped me off at the local homeless shelter. From there, I spent about two and a half years there. It was a shelter that they didn't allow drugs in, but everyone did them. My drug dealer lived there. And so that's where I found my new drug dealer. And um, I ended up being homeless for about two and a half years. During that point, I kept getting dogs because I, I love dogs. I'm an animal lover. And basically, um, my addiction got so bad that I was using up to probably six or seven times a day, sleeping around still. Um, and just doing what I had to do to make money to survive. 
because this habit, it just, it was bad. Um, I ended up being so bad that I remember there was times where I would just sit on the side of the road, plugged into a wall outlet in the middle of the city with my butt hanging out. So I got a huge tan mark sunburn on my back Hmm. because all I was doing was sitting there tweaking out on my phone. I'd walk down to the library, end up using in the library and then walk back down to this charger because I had to have my phone charged. And I would just sit there all day, every day. And then my mom ended up letting me come back because I told her I wanted to get sober. And then she'd kick me out again. So it was just kind of back and forth from for the last two and a half years doing that. And finally, um, I ended up getting arrested. And I think that's where my aha moment hit when I got arrested. How old were you when that happened? This was back in 2020. How old are you? I'm, I'll be 30 in 24 days, 23 days. So this was back in 2020. I was about 28, 27. Um, And I ended up getting arrested. Um, I lost custody of one of my dogs. Um, And basically spent five months in county. For what? And when I got out, huh? For what? So... I was high out of my mind. My dog had jumped out of my arms. She was about two pounds. And she ended up hitting her head. And so I got arrested on animal neglect. And that really, really hit me hard because animals are my life. Like I would never do anything like that. So the fact that the shelter people told them, oh, I did this to her, it was a real eye-opener that I really needed to get my life in check. And so, so I got, I spent five months in county, got out and came back to my mom's. And of course I couldn't live there. So I had to stay at a neighbor's house because part of my probation was no animals. And so, so anyway, fast forward two and a half years later, um, I ended up relapsing a couple of times after getting out of jail, got kicked out of where I was staying And then on October 22nd, back in 2021, no, 2021, no, was it 2020? Hold on, hold on, let me find out. Yeah, October 20th, October 22nd, 2020 is when I finally got sober. How did you do that? You said Meetings, you had an aha moment. What did you do? It was just my grandpa had passed away. 
um, my life was just at its wit's end. I couldn't keep using. And I didn't want to be another statistic. And so I went to meetings. Um, I did AA online a lot. And I just, I went to meetings and did what I had to do. Talk to my sponsor who, even though I met her probably four or five years ago and have been homeless and using and everything, she never dropped me. She's been a huge support for me. And when I got sober, she, she took me back in and just helped me know what I needed to do and know that this wasn't the life for me. And so I got sober and I currently have 521 days sober. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. And I'm going to school and my grandma actually just got me a lawyer this weekend um, to try and get this court case dropped. You have another court case pending? No. So this is the same one that I went back in 2020 or 2019. Why is it still going on if you went to jail for it? Because I still have that 10-year ban on animals. And, and what did so, you do? You got an animal? No, I haven't gotten an animal. Um, I want to get the ban dropped. Gotcha. Understood. Because who wants to have a ban on animals for 10 years when animals have been your life? Understood. So what are you doing nowadays to stay sober? I go to meetings. I focus on school. I focus on what I need to do to stay sober and help the other addict alcoholic that is struggling. My PO actually just talked to me before I got released from probation because I got released from probation early, which was awesome. It was awesome news. Um, but my last meeting with my PO, she had wanted me to become a mentor for her team. And so it's just helping the next person stay sober Yep, that, that's what, for some reason, keeps us over. I hear that from almost everybody, that giving back is what helps them keep and stay in their sobriety. Yeah. So my last question to you before we wrap this up is, do you have any advice for our listeners? Just take things one day at a time. Don't focus on what you can and can't control. Focus on what what's in the in the moment and just do what you have to do in that moment if you need to focus on 10 minutes at a time an hour at a time do that because there's days where where I I want to use and I just focus on the this moment say I for this moment I can't use and I just go with that every hour and that gets me through the day that's great proud of you it sounds like quite a journey you've had yeah 
So I think that's all we got for today. I really appreciate you coming on. Did you, did you enjoy it? Was it a little easier than you thought? Yeah, it was. All right, great. And for everybody watching and listening, go below, give us a like if you like what you saw and heard. Also, subscribe to our channel. You'll be updated when we upload new podcasts. Also, go and check us out on Twitter, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. We also have a Facebook group page where you go and click on the events tab. You'll see all of our daily Zoom meetings. So that's all I got for today. And until next time.